Welcome back, everybody, to the podcast. You caught Time Trent and I in our natural Pretend to be habitat. friends. Pretend to be friends now. <laughs> Camera's <Pretend>. on. <laughs> that's, uh, that's how you know you're actually friends, when you can tell your friends you hate them to their face, and you're like, all right, I hate you too. I'll see you tomorrow. It's like the meme that's out there. Welcome back, <laughs> Welcome back to, the, uh, to the team room. It's Trent. It's me. We're going to talk some of these questions. Some of y'all need Jesus. I got to be honest. Looking through these questions that we kind of put out on the Instagram story last night, I don't know what, man... Y'all got to take a break from the internet, but uh, we're going to, we're going to talk about it. It's going to be good. We did want to talk first though. Had a good Thanksgiving break that we just took. Trent, how yeah. was your Thanksgiving? It was good. It was good. You know, I saw the, the newest nephew in the family and we call him Squish nice. Malone. That's his name now. <laughs> Squish and, uh, Malone. Cause yeah. he's not post Malone yet. Yeah. Yeah. So he's Squish Malone, but he, he's, he's squishy. Okay. You, know, but, you know, like I surprised myself on Thanksgiving. I don't know if you're like this. I don't eat really that much. But on Thanksgiving, yeah. I was like, oh, it's eat time. And I ate a ridiculous amount of food. I'm not sure how I did it, if it was even possible. So <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Maybe I'm just getting old and my body's like, let's store it for winter. Shit. Yeah, fantastic. We There is a, there is some uh, you know literature out there that talks about how you should actually change your diet in the winter. So that's why you have like soups and stews and those like higher caloric intake foods and stuff to help you actually like get through the winter. Um, that there's, there's some research to suggest that that's beneficial. I just like to eat soup and stew because I'm from Ohio. Typically every, all of our food is like the same color, right? Like it's all like a, a color beige. So if I can just keep it in the, in the brown to beige color palette, that's usually, that's some Ohio stuff that if you're not from Ohio, I've, I've talked about this with a bunch of friends. We all laugh only in Ohio. Will buttered bread be a side dish? You'll just have like a, a big plate, and on that plate will be like four slices of straight, like white bread, like gluten to the extreme, and then some butter. And if you're not from Ohio, you're like, what's that for? You're like, oh, that's a that's a side dish. But like, we're having pasta. Right. But there, there's your bread. Oh my gosh. That's not supposed that's not supposed to happen. I don't know how fat Ohio is in the grand scheme of things, but I imagine citing that previous fact, it's pretty big. I'm pretty sure Louisiana's ahead of the game on that that market. But uh, weren't you traveling yeah, during Thanksgiving? Weren't you on the on the flight? I did. Uh, so we, I did not have a Thanksgiving. Well, I did have Thanksgiving dinner. However, I I traveled on Thanksgiving, so we went to Cleveland. Cleveland, this is for you. We went to Cleveland to uh, go Ooh. hang out with my really close friends, um, Chaz and Don. Shout out Chaz. This is occasionally. I'll I'll make sure to let him know when this comes out. So. Um, Chaz, Don, their son, we uh, went to Cleveland to hang out with them. The, uh, we, we planned poorly, right? We wanted to go when it wasn't a million dollars, but obviously the Wednesday before Thanksgiving is terrible to fly on and just an absolute hellscape. So we were like, no, pass. And then we were looking at Friday and it was just too late. Like it, it wasn't enough time to get in Cleveland and, and do all the stuff we want to do. So we were yep. like, all right, well, check it out. We're flying on Thanksgiving. Highly recommend it. Airports were dead. Lounges were clear. It was totally fine because people have like families that love them and stuff. And they're like doing things with those families. Yeah. Not me. Not us. Did, did you and every the like lounge. the other six people in the airport all just high five each other? Like we're the lonely people without families. It actually was kind of nice. Like we flew out pretty early out of SeaTac. And then we had about an hour and a half in, in Atlanta. And everybody in Atlanta was like, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Eating like the Delta lounge food. <laughs> it was, oh it was pretty funny. Like, um, so yeah, but got there and chilled out. And then, uh, so the Ohio state game, the game happened second year in a row. We lost to Michigan, Nate Gladden and I have to, uh, I have to settle up. I got to buy a bottle for the team room, which is our yearly bet. So fine. 
Funny development, though. USC just got beat last night. USC was not supposed to get beat. They were number four in the playoff contention. Ohio State only slipped to number five because they lost to the number two. They were the number two team. They lost to the number three team. While they did it at home, that doesn't really make you slide out of the rankings. USC got beat by a team outside of the top ten. So now in the funniest possible scenario, Ohio State can sneak into the playoffs if they pull the world's largest upset over Georgia and Michigan does what it needs to. Ohio State will play Michigan in the national championship. Well, I find that wild. I, I still don't understand anything about what you just said. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very I, niche. To, I understand, understand that maybe if we talked about sports more, we would get more of like viewers. Like maybe I'm I'm the outcast here. Sure. But um, I don't. Peaches doesn't watch sports either, though. No, we kind of make fun of you. Like he sort of, yeah, he sort of pays attention. But I, like, I think I'm the only one of us that plays, you know, fantasy football. And in college, I really only care about Ohio State, like wave tops, and it's really just because geographic location. It's not even like I can't name every single player on the team. Like I know the big names, you know, CJ Stroud, the quarterback, some of the receivers, some of the running backs. I don't like watch every single game. I, you know, I, I pay, start paying attention at the end of the year. You know, I, I definitely watch the game every year. I watch the Ohio State Michigan game every single year, regardless. But it's not—I'm yeah. not this huge super fan of college too. There's just too much stuff going on. Dude, I get most of my sports updates from your Instagram page. Yeah, and when you and Nate start <laughs> going back and forth, it's fantastic. <laughs> and then Sunday on the uh, Thanksgiving on the Thanksgiving weekend continued. I got the rarest of treats. I was in the dog pound at Cleveland Stadium. I watched Cleveland take Tom Brady and the Buccaneers to overtime. And then everybody could feel it coming in the stadium. And this is a funny thing about the Browns is we we tie it late. We are going to overtime and everyone was collectively nervous. If we can ever find a way to transform energy into like usable energy into like electricity, if we could find nervous energy, I want you to just put it near Cleveland Stadium because that thing would power everywhere. It's like the United States. There was we just could feel it. They got the ball first. They didn't score. And we went right down the field and, and scored on, you know, two or three big plays and, and it was over. The crowd went nuts. And uh that was it. We saw a Cleveland Browns win. I got to see Tom Brady, the GOAT. I got to see him play live, and that was my Thanksgiving back here. Not bad. Not a bad time at all. We uh we haven't really talked about your your PME experience. People don't understand what what PME is. We kind of talked about it. It's your I professional don't understand military what PME education. is. Like, <laughs> what do we? What I don't know. Do? Well, we all poo poo it. <laughs> uh, somebody somebody brought it up to me, and they said that it was the difference between us and Russia. And I thought about that this entire week, and I, I think that is somewhat true. What do you think? Incorrect. <laughs> Why? <clears throat> the responsibilities and the leeway we give our NCO cores, the difference between us and Russia, not your PME courses. Like nobody, very few people, I would say, go through PME and are like, I'm ready to be an NCO now. Like I'm ready to lead. I can do all these things. Like I'm ready. I, I don't know what it's supposed to set you up for. It's the the way that our, our uh, NCO core is set up with relationship to the officer core. That makes the difference. That's what the other countries are lacking. Not the, the education. I don't know what else to say about it. That's what I think. I think I, I think I understand what you mean, but wouldn't you say that having a formalized educational course for the enlisted? Like, I, I get it. That may, maybe you don't get as much out of it. Maybe you go to these courses and you're like, yeah, check, Roger. I was already doing that. But everybody gets that education, right? Dude, don't, don't make me turn around and find the positives in PME. <laughs> 
today. Because <laughs> I'll do it, and then I'll hate myself later. It's, it's too early. It's too oh, early. No. All right, let's jump into these questions. Here we go. Uh, as I alluded to before, Trent and I made the mistake of putting out a story that was like, hey, just give us your weird questions to talk about. Some of them are good. Some of them, y'all, I'm telling you, I don't know what you do with your time, but here we go. From uh, P underscore SOBD, do you guys wear pants on the podcast? No. That's for me to know and for you to find out, my friend. Becca and Chris, 7987. <laughs> it's San Antonio, right. Becca, Chris, 7987. Books, if any, that you're reading now. You got anything you're reading right at the moment? I'm reading uh, Find, Fix, Finish about the uh, Australian SAS uh, in uh, in Afghanistan and some of the shenanigans that went down and some of the accusations that were leveled at those folks. What about you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I just started reading uh, a good friend of mine, SR guy, got me uh, The Five Rings. So the Musashi oh. book, yeah, it's a really, really good, really interesting, gorgeous, uh, gorgeous book. It includes a lot of uh, a lot of Japanese art and Japanese history, so that's good. And then I'm finally getting around to rereading the Kill Chain. When it came out, I read it just as Kurt. Everybody told me, "Hey, you got to read this book because it's this brand new thing or whatever." So I just kind of like breeze through it, but I didn't really like read it. Read it. I sort yeah. of just like skimmed and got topics through it. So I'm I'm rereading that one and trying to internalize it a little bit more. So there we go. Um, let's see. Can I just say, I'm going to read this. Go ahead. When we, when like the community has like a book that's hot at the moment, you know, like a uh, gates of fire or whatever. I refuse yes. to read yeah. that book. Like I still haven't read that book just because like, it's just the way I am, you know? Right. Everybody's right. like, we're this Spartans is, is now. And I'm like, you're a bunch of idiots. Right. Like I'm not reading that. You're an idiot. Book. Dude, this is why we're friends, right? It's because I do the same thing. Like, if there's, there's, I've still never seen Squid Game for the same reason because everybody's like, oh my God, Squid Game is so good. I'm like, shut up. I'm not yeah. watching your dumb thing. Like, I will do that just out of sheer spite. I'll be like, oh, is, is this it now? Till Valhalla burned the birth, brother. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a good one. So, Trey Robinson, 64. What are the odds of not getting selected if you make it through without sucking? Um, Go ahead. Zero. Thank you. Because he put the, the without sucking in there. Right. The without sucking. Yeah. If you go through and you don't suck, then you have nothing to worry about. People are always like, well, you know, what if I, the people that are like, I went through and I, I guess this is directed at the people that have said this before, but I'm not naming you specifically. So if you internalize this too bad, that's a you problem. If you went through and you didn't get selected, you sucked. I don't, I don't know a different way to say that. There's there's a million reasons, I guess, that we could put in here and, and try to make you feel better about it. But if you go through and you don't suck, you're going to get selected. And oh, by the way, you're going to get selected for the job that you were you wanted, like almost ninety nine point nine percent of the time. If you go through yep. and you don't suck, you're going to get picked up for exactly what you want. That's what we want. Oh, can I just say, like, one of the other things I was thinking about earlier this morning is uh, one of my guys that I knew like four years ago that didn't make it. Just got picked up at ANS a little bit ago, and when I get like messages Yo. like that, it was it was fantastic. It's like you know, like those students that leave that you're like, bro, like something yep. bad happens or whatever, and you're like, I hope they come back. But dude, one of the, the right uh, way. one of the one of the scariest jump um, video. I still have this video. It's terrifying. One of the scariest jump videos that I've ever been involved with. One of the student um, just could not figure it out. His pack shifted. He did some other stuff. So I, I think that was his second go at an evaluation during free fall during the air ops phase. And he ended up having to leave and everybody hated it. But it was 
I, I mean, it was clear as day. It was like, hey, it's a, it's a double red. You failed. You you know, this was a, a bad. You just had a bad go of it for the for this block. So whatever. But no kidding. I was in Birmingham. This was like two years ago. I was in Birmingham doing the Moab and in walks this guy I won't out his name, but in he walks. And I looked, I was like, dude, what are you doing here? He's like, yep. I ended up being able to come back after you left the schoolhouse. I'm over at one of the guard units now. And here I am for the Moab. It was the best feeling ever. Like I, I told him straight up. I was like, man, I am so glad to see you in this room. Yeah. I love that. It's always nice to see the folks. Tim, let's you know see. what I think here they we deserve. Go. Tim, Based on all their hard work. Oh, sorry. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Tim Burr. No, I think I'm a little laggy. Tim Burr Lamberton. You are a little laggy. It's fine. It'll come out in the wash. Are there furries in Aspect War? There better not be. Because that's that's that not a thing. <sighs> Let's can, see. Can we like ocean? Yeah. What's up? <laughs> Nothing for that one? Nope. <laughs> okay. I, lo- I love... Uh, oh, I just love that face. Fantastic. All right. Ocean Epsilon. Uh, favorite Sour Patch Kids flavor? Uh, they're called Nerds. Yes. I don't like Sour Patch what Kids. Is it, what's, your favorite, what's your favorite candy? I don't know. I'm not like a big uh, anything not chocolate candy. Probably like almond mounds. Why have we always been best friends and just never do it? The only <laughs> regret that I have is that we haven't been best friends. I, I love so. First of all, it's almond joy, but mounds is an appropriate oh, second as well. So just mounds doesn't coconut. have the almond. There it is. Right. Yeah, got it. But uh, I love actually my favorite my favorite chocolate candy bar is Heath. So it's the chocolate covered toffee bar. Yeah, That's my favorite good. one of all time. Yeah. Uh, Halloween was tough for me because we had uh, this awesome tech sergeant, IDMT. She's gangster. She's strong as shit, too. Like, consistently outlifts people that are way stronger than her. The guys in the gym, way stronger than her. She is nasty strong. Anyway, she had candy on her desk the entire, I mean, starting in like September, late September, candy on her desk. And I would just walk over there and be like, oh, hey, Peggy, I'm just over here to talk about medical stuff. And then just like grab like handfuls of candy like and go back to my office like a rat. Like <laughs> terrible. Eat it in shame. Uh, 100%. Uh, Will.Rhodes, what's the beard, the beard situation like for AFSW guys? Deployments only, no shave November. Um, so it, it varies. It varies on where you're going. Beards are... Uh, we, we deal with this every year. It's like, oh, well, we're getting ready to deploy. We need to grow beards because it gives us uh, a little bit of credibility with our partner forces. That is actually true. So when cer- certain partner forces, especially when we're talking about GWAT, so Iraq, Syria, Afghanistan, if you show up with like a, a clean face, they're immediately like half the time. My favorite is like they'll come up to you and like touch your face and be like, oh, look how cute you are. Look how cute this young boy is, <laughs> which is pretty funny to watch him do to like a real big American guy. Um, so if there's a reason for it, 100%, we do it all the time. I will tell you from the inside, there are ST guys everywhere that have exploited the beard thing for no good reason. Like you're going to a fire's desk and Al Udeed, bro. You don't need a beard. Okay. You're going to sit at a, at a desk at DJ. You don't need a beard for that. You just want a beard because it looks cool. 
I'm all about guys getting what they want, though. They can make it happen. It doesn't really affect anything. As long as they're professional while they have their beard, you know? Right. Yep. For sure. And all, usually all it takes is like one. What? What is it? It's like one, it's like an 05. Like your commander can approve yeah. it. It's not even a high level thing. You just be like, hey, can we can we not shave and have a beard for this one? And he can say yes. So no yep. big deal. Not exactly important, but um, Jalen ZN. What is the biggest difference in personalities between CCTs and PJs? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, let's see if I can let's see if I can find a way to make the CCT community hate me any more than they already do. Um, I don't know. So it's it's definitely it's it's like a football team, right? On a football team, you have different personalities. It's like you're asking me, like, what's the difference between quarterbacks and running backs? Or what's the difference between wide receivers and tight ends? We do have, you know, cultural differences between the career fields. And SR is the same. And, you know, Rangers are the same. And SEALs are the same. There's a bunch of cultural differences. If I'm trying to think through the difference between PJs and controllers, uh, PJs like stereotypically PJs are way more hippie. They care more about human life and then controllers stereotypically all they're there to do is drop bombs and kill people. And they're, they're kind of like, you know, the jocks. So if we're going to use like high school analogies, I'd say that the PJs are the preps and the, uh, the <laughs> combat controllers are kind of like the jocks. And then seer is theater nerds because <laughs> everybody's allowed to make fun of seer. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, uh, I was, <laughs> I saw this question last night and uh, I started laughing because I was like, it, it made me think about inner service rivalry, right? So yeah. from the inside, there's a ton of inner service rivalry and we have all these jokes and we're like, okay, oh, seals are going to write a book. Um, you know, the Rangers are, you know, blunt in- instruments that are just like machine gunners and, you know, their medics are good. You know, whatever. We have these, these things and those inner service rivalries are funny, but no one from the outside is allowed to use those jokes. Like if you're not in those units, you're not allowed to make fun of those other units. So when I have like 18 year olds that are not even in and haven't even assessed or selected yet, and they're like, "Well, yeah, I wanted to be a PJ because the seals are so unprofessional." How do you? What are you talking about? Like, what do you? What do you? Whatever. Um, but as I thought through this problem, met there guy. Yeah. Well, that's that's my favorite too. Is you know every once in a while we'll get you know a commenter or a follower that's just like. Uh, listen, I got a friend that's in the tier one units, uh, you know, even the ones that you're not supposed to talk about. And uh, I, I, he's he's uh, laid it out for me pretty good. I'm like, well, I have doubt. However, okay, cool. Um, but yeah, so to wrap that one up, there is one career field that everybody can make fun of, and it's Seer moving on. Um, highwayman, highway.man. Can I just pay Cadre to give me the silly little hat? Boy, I wish. Dude, I hope I wish he shows up and calls it the silly little hat. That's another one of those things. Like, <laughs> I'm allowed to make fun of the hat. You are not allowed to make fun of the hat. And right. you're not allowed to call and it silly. It, and, <laughs> right, exactly. Well, yeah, we'll see how silly it becomes. Um, the funny thing about that is, like, it is it is a bad hat, right? Like, it doesn't, oh, doesn't it's protect terrible. you from the sun. It yeah. doesn't protect you. It's not good in the winter. Um, you know, it makes you a target. People look at you funny all the time. There you go. Oh, this is a good one. What a tragedy. Who would you sacrifice for a ritual? Sir Trent, Sir Aaron, or Sir Peaches? And why? Well, during a frequently asked questions or question thing, I'd sacrifice myself because these are ridiculous. (laughs) 
I think Peaches would have to be the obvious choice because the gods might mistake him for a child, and I think they're usually looking for children. I love it, man. Shout out to Balenciaga, am I right? Let's get yeah. canceled today. As What a crazy thing. Jesus Christ, what are we doing? What are we doing in this in this world? Uh, Nate Gladden, will either of you draw me like one of your French girls, Circa Titanic? First of all, you had me at yes. I'm in. <laughs> Nate and I uh, also agreed. So when USC lost last night and the possibility arose, like, and again, it's like Georgia is ridiculously good. Like, I know you don't watch college football. Alabama was super dominant for, I don't know, two decades, you know, a de- uh, about a decade. Like Alabama was the only name in college football. They've kind of fallen off in the last two or three years. Georgia's ascendancy has been absolutely insane. Uh, they're they're just they're like a pro team. It, it's it was like watching Alabama. I was positive that Alabama could have beat some of the Browns teams that they were playing, like in a straight up probably football game. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, no doubt. Um, and I said that while they were doing. it. I was like, this Alabama team could. They would probably be favored going into a Browns game. Um, but that's how Georgia is. So this this little scenario that we're talking about where somehow Ohio state upsets Georgia. Like that is a, a one to 10,000 long shot. I don't know what it is, but Nate and I actually agreed if Ohio state and Michigan play for the national championship, I want to say it's January 9th. We are going to meet up. We are going to fly somewhere and we're going to be in the same space and we're going live. So Nate, you're on. Uh, here's a good one. Henderson Connor, a PJ and an SR guy get in a fight. The PJ has a rope. The SR guy has a quad drone. Who wins? Probably the combat controller. <laughs> because he chose not to play this little game. Yeah. Does that, wow, this, that's a very meta comment. Who wins against uh, the PJ and the SR guy? Peaches wins. You know why? Because yeah. he's not here. Yeah. <laughs> he's not, he's the not only winner in that is, is combat control. <laughs> they end up getting all the all the Arcteric stuff that just got shipped in because the PJ and the SR guy are too busy fighting. 100%. And a Silver Star. So, Cola Tony, do you have to have good hair to get selected at A&S? This is an easy one. No, you don't have to, but it sure helps. Flynn underscore 267. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, Flynn underscore 267. Can you guys dunk? Trent is short. Peaches can now. I mean, how is Peaches going to dunk? If LeBron James put Peaches on his shoulders, then they could probably both dunk at the it same might be close. time. Yeah. That would actually be kind of cool to see. So I have been close before. If I think if I trained for it, like if I actually trained in like explosive jumping, I think I could do it. I, before I've been able to like jump and grab the rim before in my life. I've been able to, you know, do like I, I'm, somewhat athletic uh i'm but i'm old so probably not anyway yeah i love this one uh green graham mountain f mary kill the ones ready hose and each of the career fields are we supposed to do that about ourselves i don't know that that's that's kind of weird you know like i don't i'm narcissistic but i also hate myself so i would actually answer myself for all three (laughs) if i was looking at it from the outside (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to think. We got to go kill. We got to go kill me. Like that's the easiest one. Let's get that right. Out I don't of the way. know. Kill, but kill like, Aaron. You know, like you're fit though and stuff. You know, and you're tall. I well, think I'm the one that gets killed like, because if you're gonna marry someone, it's gonna be Peaches because he's the nicest person. It's on gotta earth, be. And he's organized. Yeah, and he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I think I right, die. Right, right, right. Yeah, he's very loving. 
yeah, but why yeah. would you want to F me? That Well, no, I, well, I, I don't know. I do a pretty good job. People go myself, for the crazies. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I, I love the, uh, we played this game at the schoolhouse. Like I, maybe I should back up. We would never play this game with students in a training environment ever. But let's say that the, ever, let's say that there was a hypothetical scenario where we pose this question about the instructor staff to students, maybe after a really long nav event and we made them stand by a fire and we said, all right, F Mary kill the people that you see here around the fire. And it was more than three. So they could have a, they could have a shot to, to say it. Almost all of them chose to marry the former, um, army tier one operator that worked at the schoolhouse, except well, one. And he had a well, great yeah. reason. He goes, I want to kill him. And all of us are like, Oh really? Why? And he was like, it doesn't matter what I do with the rest of my life. If I kill that man, that lion with 18 deployments, I can marry an F whoever I want. He's got a point. Got a great point. I've never forgotten that. Shout out to that potential student. Um, I'm yeah. not going to read this one. What's Which up? one was it? Which one is it that you're not going to read? Okay, I'll do it. Uh, <laughs> Gooch 66 have any of you ever had an STD while in aspect war? What a ridiculous, ridiculous question. Look, I've already told your mom she didn't get that from me. All right. <laughs> I can't wait until this is a bunch of reels that we can't ever release as a full podcast. It's going to be great. Um, I'm, to I'm lead, sorry, you peaches. must follow. <laughs> so, so sorry. Oh, man. To lead, you must follow uh, Aaron versus Tim Kennedy. Who wins? Jiu-Jitsu, of course. I love getting questions like this. Guys, gals that are listening, if anybody's listening, I am a hobbyist. I don't even roll in tournaments anymore. I am a 42-year-old guy. Tim Kennedy is a professional UFC fighter and a legit jiu-jitsu black belt. Also, he outweighs me by a solid like 25 pounds. So I'm probably going to lose that one unless he lets me win, which he would not. So I am losing that pretty quick. I might be able to stall him out for maybe a minute. I don't, I don't know if Tim... That would be a more appropriate question. Does Aaron last more than a minute with Tim Kennedy? Maybe. Maybe I would be able to scramble. And it would depend, gi or no gi. Maybe I'd be able to scramble with a like with a black belt for more than a minute. But you're talking like a tournament black belt like Gordon that's, Ryan or and like get out of here. It's a different game. That's such a weird question. Like I think something happens where they're people's public personalities. Like even if you perceive Tim Kennedy as like a giant D bag, right? Right. You you can't oh, yeah. pretend that he's not an incredibly dangerous person in hand to hand combat. Like you've seen it in the cage with the best in the world. And yeah. I've seen I've seen Tim Kennedy train before. I was I was yeah. at the Onnit gym he's in good. the same space as Tim Kennedy. He is a madman. He is a madman. Like you can like again, his social media presence, I don't agree with it. Some of the things that he said and done, I don't agree with him. Guess what? I don't know the man. But I've been around him and I've seen him train. And yeah. I'll tell you what. You can talk whatever shit you want online. You might want to keep that to yourself uh, when you're around him. I'll just say that. So, I think the better question would be who would win between him and Jocko if they were rolling. Ooh, I think Jocko's, Jocko's a gorilla. actually got. Yeah, well, he's got weight on him too. I think Jocko's heavier than Tim Kennedy. I, I'd have to look it up, but Jocko is not a small guy. Yeah, um, Jocko and Echo Charles are both. I mean, I want to say they're both north of two twenty. Tim ain't that heavy. Um, oh, man, yeah, I, I don't know. That's what I would want to Does see. That's what they should do. SW frown on op. I'm sorry. Oh, your lag is killing me. It's good. It's going to be good today. I'm sure nobody will mention this in the comments. 
Um, does AFSW frown on operators trying out for the Army's Tier 1 unit? No. No. We, like, I've had, um, I've had people that were on my flights come to me and ask to go to the selection, and I help them. I'm like, yeah, 100%, you should. You, you should. It's, it's easy to find when the selection dates are. It's, I've had, uh, there's a security forces guy, as a matter of fact, in the Air Force that went and tried out for that unit. I was happy to assist him in any way that I could. It's, it's one of the best things ever. We've had multiple PJs make it. I don't know of any controllers that have went assaulter up there off the top of my head, but I assume there has to be one or two. Um, I just happen to know a couple PJs that got, got picked up. So I'm not saying it's a, a good or bad thing. Um, Aaron's weakness in the pipeline. Ooh, easiest one. And then Trent, think about your answer too. We'll, we'll turn it over to you because it's the same question. Um, Aaron's weakness in the pipeline, it was everything. It was inexperience. It was, I had never, I had never shot a pistol before I got into the Air Force. I'd never climbed on a rope. I'd never climbed a mountain. I had never, I was a swimmer, but I'd never scuba dove. Uh, I didn't even travel outside of Ohio other than one trip. When I was 15, I drove with my grandma and grandpa Kilroy across the nation, like the southern route, and then across the nation to northern route. That was the extent of me seeing the world before I enlisted in the Air Force in 2001. So everything was new to me. I didn't have any experience or exposure to the military. I had no exposure to special operations. I had no idea what I was doing uh, for anything. So everything that I did really was brand new. And I struggled through it. You can look on my class plaque, which is still hanging up at the schoolhouse. And it has the way the, the, way the phases were broken out. It was like, uh, I think we did mountain first and then medicine and then blah, 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 blah. Right. And there was a picture of me. It's a cartoon and I'm squatting and uh, like underneath a bar. And it said, I'll out shoot. And then it was like line through because I couldn't shoot. And then it was like out climb and then climb was line through. And then it was like, I'll out medicine and then line through. And then it was, you know, out you know, jump or, you know, out air ops. And it was line through. It was like every single phase had this little line. And at the end, it just said, I'll just be stronger than the enemy. Cause that was the only strength really that I had for the pipeline. So my weakness was everything. And I'm proud to say that I've uh, fixed none of those weaknesses and I'm still a piece of crap. <laughs> Trent, what was yours? You know, uh, I don't like to jump into things full bore, uh, events that I'm not comfortable with. So I always struggle with that kind of stuff, but like once I get comfortable with stuff, I'm okay. But you know, the usual, like I, I played soccer growing up. So aerobically I was good, but upper body strength needed work and you know, just things you need to focus on. But I have a hard time when like presented with a new problem set with new skill sets and they're like ready, set hundred percent go right now. That's uh right. makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. And we talked about it on the, the SR student episode too. That's something you got to get over in the pipeline because there's, there's a million times where you're presented with brand new information on Monday and you're tested on that on Friday. And sometimes it's, it's physical. Sometimes it's mental, but you're given a lot of information and then you're immediately like, okay, show me that you learned it. And you're like, Whoa, we, we just learned this. I, I remember going through paramedic school. I was, I, I was testing, I think for tech, yeah, so I was testing for tech in paramedic school, and it was during the cardiology phase. We had a test on Monday. I had my WAPS test was on Friday of that week. So we tested on Monday, but we had another test in paramedic school in cardiology. It was like a different rhythm or something on Friday. I was studying. I just looked at my spouse at the time, and I was like, hey, I can either pass this course 
or I can try to get promoted, but I can't do both. I cannot study for both of these tests in any real way. She was like, well, uh, you got to focus on the cardiology test, but, but that stuff happens. You're going to do that your entire pipeline. And sometimes it's physical. They, they might teach you a skill on Monday in the pool and be like, okay, cool. Well, your first evaluation, no kidding is on Friday. So pay attention, yep. you know, do your work. Yep. Yeah. So you, you get better. At it. It's just like anything else though. In the beginning, it's going to be super uncomfortable, but the more times that you're presented something new and then you have to test on it quickly, you, you know, it's just like any other muscle. You work it out and you get more comfortable in that environment. Yeah. It's a hard thing to teach people to be good adult learners, to take in that information. And we've, we've touched on it a couple of times on the podcast before, but when people ask us, what can we do to get better? What can we do to prepare for the pipeline? Become a good adult learner, even if it's just reading stuff to, to take in that information, even if it's just being able to take information in quickly and apply it. Being an adult learner is a necessary skill, not only in life, but really in the pipeline, because you are learning everything at lightning speed all the time. And then you're expected to retain that to some certain level. And we've talked about that before, too. It's not good enough. The way that our training is set up is you achieve a standard and then you're expected to maintain that standard no matter what. Yep. Like it might be months since you touched a rope, but if somebody comes in and is like, hey, we're going to do one man today, there's a standard for that. You have to meet that standard. Yep. All right. You still there? Um, let's see. <clears throat> oh, yeah. The Lost Prince. What's the funniest thing either of you remember someone doing during your time in the AF? I mean, I have too many. I'd have to think about that. I have too many times that I've just laughed myself. Oh, uh, I take it back. I can, I can remember a time where I laughed so hard that I almost puked. Um, as we are in in one of the government vans, one of the one of the G rods, fifteen seat blue standard old. I don't even who, who makes those vans. Were they Chevys or Fords or who made those vans? Oh, they were Chevys. We were on the Chevy train for a while. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. Just your standard. And it's, it's like in complete disrepair. Like you have no idea how you're driving around. Like, how is this thing even driving? What does it do anyway? Garbage. Well, and to make matters worse, we're in England up in Lowestoft and we're about to go. They had a pool there that could simulate environments. They use it for their commercial fishermen, but they could make waves, lightning, weather. They had, you know, um, recovery devices. So they had like the nets that they would use in order for people to climb on board the ship. And it, it was pretty, it was pretty rough actually. Like you could simulate really, really rough seas in a pool environment. Um, so it was fun. <laughs> We're getting ready to go driving this huge, stupid 15 passenger van. And there is a uni that's right next door. So a university, which is, uh, I want to say it's grades, I don't know, 11, 11, 12, 10, 11, 12, and like for college freshmen all in this one little area. There was like a college that was there as well. And the, we were the absolute dumbest Americans that we could be. One of, our, one of our friends that was a young single man saw a a nice English lady that seemed to catch his eye. And he was like, you know what? I just want to holler at this shorty. And one of the other married guys in there was just like, made this weird noise he's like shorty 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 inside of this van and i don't know why that was one of the funniest things that became the funniest team joke that we used literally for years when you're gonna holler at a shorty you just start like and then it turned into this little dance where you like grab your belt buckle and kind of like shorty 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 hilarious (laughs) hilarious there's no way and 
now as I'm explaining that, that's not funny to anybody. Like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't explain that. No. I'm trying to think. Like, most of the time we're so sleep depth when, like, I start laughing that hard. Right. Like, none of the situations. Looking back, I'm like, that's not that funny. Right. But, like, I was so tired. They were so, you know, like. That's the beauty of it is that there are jokes. There are things out there. There's a quote that says, you know, to those that need an explanation, there's no explanation that will suffice. To those that understand, no explanation is necessary. That's kind of like what team jokes are. You'll try yeah. to explain to somebody outside the culture or outside. You'd be like, oh, no, you don't understand. So this guy almost died by falling off this cliff. And instead of getting scared, he was like, well, that was almost a boo-boo. And we all laughed about it. <laughs> and then we got shot at. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's no way people are like, yeah, that guy almost died. Oh, God. But no, no, no. You got to no, but it was really funny. Like, there, there yeah. was a, at the time he was the Sauti guy. We were driving in a Humvee. This guy literally under nods almost drove us off of, it looked like an Arroyo and he barely missed it. He barely like corrected at the very end, but it, it turned out to be like a 50 foot drop. Like we, we would have died like straight up dead. And he uh, literally like stopped and we were all sleep depth out. I mean, it was at the end of a long exercise and he literally just in his nods turned to us and goes, Hey, my bad, my bad boys. I'll grab a beer at Chili's later. And then we just went on with life and we all laugh like idiots. Hey, my bad boys. I almost killed us all. I'll grab you a beer at Chili's later. There was no Chili's. (laughs) That wasn't even even a thing. Like we were going back to Connex villages and stuff. Like we were there for like another two weeks. (laughs) That's just what he said at the time. Totally deadpan under nods. Like those things are, they're, they're funny, but it's not something that you would put on it. Like if I tried to explain that to anybody, they'd be like, why did you laugh at that? That's stupid. Because well, it was stupid. It was funny. It was pretty funny. That gets us to the end of these weird questions. That's oddly it. Oddly enough. That is. I know, yeah. They wrote they were a bunch Ooh. of weird ones, but we got to make fun of some of them and just press on, so it went by quickly. You got you know, anything dis- to uh disturbing is Nate Nate Gladden is is visualizing you and him steaming up some windows right now. I hope so. Y'all have this like weird, like love hate thing going on. Yeah. Cause I'm love. And for a period of the year, I hate him. I actually did have a good, uh, another, we had him on the podcast. So Justin Gordon, seer guy, extraordinaire. Good dude. Mm -hmm. He texted me because we text every year during the game as well as I do with a lot of my, uh, team up North friends. And he asked me specifically, Hey, are you going to cheer for Michigan in the national championship? Cause it's a weird thing in the Midwest. Once your team is eliminated, you are contractually obligated to cheer for the next Big Ten team that has a chance of doing something. But it was too close. It was too close to Ohio State losing to Michigan at home as as a number two team. So he was like, you going to cheer for Michigan? I was like, give me a week. I can tell you now, I'm most certainly not cheering for Michigan. Well, actually, I'll cheer for Michigan in the first round because I want that championship game to happen. But there you go. All right. All right. Solid. I I don't think we can ever release this one. But it was fun to talk so. to you. <laughs> well, I mean, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's, it's early-ish. It's early for you. It's not really early for me. And uh, we're answering these weird questions. I, I don't know. Did we say anything that bad? I don't think we said anything that bad. I made one mom joke. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I did mention the Balenciaga scandal. I cannot believe that that's going on. Man, those one wood chipper would fix all of Balenciaga's problems. <laughs> and I'm here for it. So I'll make that joke again. Like, I don't... It's crazy to me to see that like, so, oh my goodness, 
We're going to talk about all of the things like the hyper awareness of the media on everything. And it takes two seconds. It took two seconds for Adidas to drop Yay, right? Yay is insane too, by the way. That guy needs help. But it took two seconds for Adidas to drop Yay and to stop his bank accounts and to do all this other stuff. Not a single celebrity is out there talking about we don't we don't stain with Balenciaga. We took away our sponsorships. Nothing. Wow. It's pretty sick. Dude, unreal. Unreal. You know me and my conspiratorial mind. Sometimes it's, the, it's not a conspiracy. It's, it's an not. ad campaign. They put it out there on purpose. It's yeah. not like I'm I'm tired of people saying conspiracies. Like that's not a conspiracy. That's real. Yeah. The difference between a conspiracy theorist and a normal person in today's society is about six months. The things that I was saying six months ago, lo and behold, have all come true. And those were a conspiracy theory where they started. Well, I think that that time frame is getting shorter and shorter. Like people are coming around. Yeah. The Twitter stuff is wild too. I love how Elon is just, I'm here for the chaos, burn it down, publish, fire everybody, publish all the internals. Let's go. Sunlight is the best disinfectant. I'm here for it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We need to have these conversations. Like it's just, it's one of those weird things. I know you're a little more comfortable with like uh, the political stuff on Instagram and all that other thing. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I, I just don't want to go down negative rabbit holes all the time. Like, right. This is what's yeah. messed up. This is what, like, if I just go stay in that headspace, it jacks me up. But it's dark, man. There's darkness out there. And I went, when I first started kind of my journey into where I am now, it was through a couple of different, like the tinfoil hat podcast. Eddie Bravo. There were a couple more out there that really opened my eyes a couple couple years ago to where I, I sort of understood wave tops and I knew that politics was overall corrupt and I knew that some of the things that that we were doing weren't the best, right? But man, yep. when when you start talking about, you know, the difference between the blue pill and the red pill and you know, which one would you take? I, man, you get too involved in that. You get see, I, I can totally understand how people got wrapped up in you know, some of the crazy, like the QAnon thing that happened over the course of two or three years. Like, I totally understand how people connecting dots that aren't there and see like, because there's there's plenty of dots to, to connect. There are plenty of things out there that you're like, this is obviously not true. Right. Yeah. Um, but there's also plenty of dots out there that should be connected. And you should be like, no, it's not. a That's not a fake thing. That's a real thing. Yeah. Well, and it's just it's just well, it's. I mean, I, I like to look at, at people that I, I disagree with on like the, the political level that mm-hmm. I agree with on like the ethics level these days, you know, like if I yeah. listen to Jimmy Dior, uh, Jimmy Dore, whatever his name is, mm-hmm. like he's, a, yeah. he doesn't agree with me on politics, but we can both agree on who's all corrupt, which is like basically everybody, you know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. yeah. um, but you know, Dave Smith, I'm, I'm pretty cool with Dave Smith. He's hilarious nice. too. Yeah. Yeah, there are there are, there are a couple podcasts that I listen to pretty pretty frequently or, or daily, and one of them is a uh, you know I love I love Matt Walsh, so he's a Daily Wire guy, but he's got a very deadpan sense of humor. But he was talking about politics in general, and somebody somebody made the comment about a politician uh, that you wouldn't want to have a beer with him. Like, oh well, you wouldn't want to have a beer with this person, and he was like, of course I don't want to have a beer with him. I hate all politicians, all of them. I hate the politics world in general. I want you to mirror my my ethics, my values. I want you to vote for me the way that I think sh- society should go. We're a constitutional republic. We're a, uh, a re- representative republic. I want you to vote for me. I don't want to have a beer with you. 
If you want empathy, get a dog. I want somebody to vote for my interests. And if you don't, the second that you do, I will throw you by the wayside and I will find somebody that will. I was, and that's a, that's pretty close to home of where I am on politics these days. It's, it's, it's weird. Like I don't subscribe to, to parties and all that other stuff. I think one of the things that people are missing out there is they want to jump on like surface level issues and make that mm-hmm. part of their identity. And those are the things that they really care about. If you don't take the time to really figure out what your ethics and morals and values are that don't change, like if you don't have a bedrock, then you just shift with the tide back and forth and you just listen to whatever news network is, is, is you, you've decided is your news network. Um, mm-hmm. because if, if, um, you know, like if you're like, <clears throat> I support this party a hundred percent of the time, like I'm like, I have nothing in common with you. I can't support right. no. like that. A, a party is not a thing. A party is not a moral or an ethic or a value. And so, um, you know, like people getting mad because, uh, certain people gave money to like Tulsi Gabbard. It's like, well, why'd you give money? She's a Democrat. And it's like, but Tulsi okay. Gabbard's a fantastic human. You know what I mean? Right. And like, right. you're not going to agree with someone on everything. It's ridiculous. So if I was going to give any advice to anybody, assuming that any of this ever gets released is like, take time <laughs> to figure out your own morals and ethics and values and look at individuals as individuals, look at what the true problems are and, and then vote accordingly. Vote with, right. both with your wallet and with your ballot. Exactly. And the two-party system that we have was never intended by the founders. This was never intended to be a thing. There was always meant to be a free and open public square where ideas could be exchanged. And then you would vote for the policies that you like. And I get that we're so polarized now between left and right that it may seem like one party always does these things. So I'm going to vote for that party. And the other party always does these things. Man, you got to step outside your own mind. You got you got to step outside of those those biases in that system and find a way to engage and be a citizen of the United States. Like you did not, you are not a citizen of the Republican Party. You're not a citizen of the Democratic Party or the Liberal Party. Like you're just not. You're a citizen of America. We have a, we have documents that lay out what we're supposed to do as American citizens. Feel free to act on that behalf and as outside of party lines, be your own person. It's totally fine. Yeah, and stop calling representatives leaders. They're not leaders. They're representatives. Man, I don't know what I, I don't know when I had this this thought. It was within the last five years. I'm older than you need to be president. I'm older yeah. than a lot of these representatives and these leaders that are in Congress. Like these people have zero life experience. There are people that are career politicians that have never made anything on their own, that have literally lived with their parents their entire life. And then somehow happened into a political appointment at 45 years of age. Get out of here. I can't, you, you don't have any, it's like listening to celebrities for moral guidance. It's like when celebrities tongue wag me over things like you don't hold any moral authority over me. You're an actor. Yeah. You pretend to be people for whatever. Get out of here and go make your stupid movie clown. Like I pay you to entertain me. Like let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. Well, actually, that, that makes me think of something. I was thinking about the other day about my uh, imposter syndrome stuff. And I was like, well, what makes us different than anybody else? And, and why why is it important that we do what we do? And because uh, I'm always trying to like ask myself, like, why would anybody even listen to anything I say? But the fact right, of the yeah. matter is, I do have almost 20 years experience in the Air Force, in the special operations community, you know, deployments and, and training and all that other stuff. And that, that's the difference between, you know, good advice that's that's nuanced and then the advice that's just like academic or made up or whatever. Like if you're listening to people that have no experience in that realm, 
Um, like, I don't, I don't know what you're doing. And it's not, it's not that they don't know what they're talking about sometimes, but some of the conclusions that they're going to reach are going to be 180 degrees off. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like who was that dude that made those uh, documentaries, like a uh, bowling for Columbine or whatever. Michael Moore, the big fat dude. Yeah. I Michael can, Moore. I can watch a, a Michael Moore movie and agree with everything he points out as a problem, but his conclusions, because Michael Moore is a big fat dude that doesn't live in reality. Mm-hmm. are 180 degrees off from what the actual solutions should be. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's just a, a product of, of his lack of experience in the real world, in my opinion. That's my opinion. Michael Moore, don't sue me. Well, who cares? He doesn't matter. He, he, nobody listens to this anyway. So you're right. Yeah. It's a, uh, it, it, it is a funny thing is that of all people, like, cause I, I feel the exact same way, right? Like when people are like, um, you know, they'll talk about, and I actually, I said this to a person the other day that I was interacting with in person. So we were talking about stuff and they kind of were picking my brain about GWAT. We were like totally benign in Ohio at a party. Right. And they were telling me how they're like, well, we shouldn't be over there and we shouldn't do this. We should do that. And you know, this was a mistake and this was a mistake. I was like, Hey, I, I love this conversation and I'll have it with you all day, but do me a favor. Can you tell me what it smells like in the Hellman province? And he, he, he looked at me and he was just like, what do you mean? I was like, what does it smell like? in Hellman. I was like, it can't bastion. What, what did it smell like there? Yeah. And he just, he just kind of looked and I was like, man, I've been there. Like, so you can have these theories. You can tell me these things, but I've been all around Afghanistan and Iraq and Africa and these other places that you're talking about in these hoity toity political science sort of, sort of terms. So like you, you may think you're smarter than me, college boy, but there's something to be said for, for that experience. And it's, it's kind of the other, the other thing too is, the Air Force in this life has given me the opportunity to go to something like five continents at this point. Yeah. So, you know, to spend time, no kidding, in Europe, spend time in Africa, spend and, and a lot of places, you know, in those in those areas, see all of the United States, you know, to get and some people don't venture out of their homes, don't venture out of their geographic location other than vacations here or there. And they think that they can tell you these these things as if they're true. Like people, I don't, I don't know when that happened, but it's a, it's a weird thing that we will at the same time, we'll have this imposter syndrome of being like, well, maybe I don't know everything. And, you know, maybe there are some other philosophies or optics that I really need to take in. But at the same time, you're like, but wait, this experience is valid. I have seen these things that you're just talking about. I've lived those things, you know, and and we can make whatever hyperbolic sort of, uh, sort of example here, but like we've done them. Yeah. Yeah, but the, there's like two people I, I, I run into on a regular basis. It's the person that like wants to apologize to me because they never served. And so mm-hmm. like for some reason, they like have like way more imposter syndrome than I do. They're like, well, I can't say anything about it because I never served in the military. It's like, no, 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 no. Like you no, still get an opinion. Totally You're can. an American yeah. and I, I want to hear what you have to say. Mm-hmm. And then there's the, the people that also never served that want to preach at you like I'm an idiot because I'm in the military. I was like, dude, right. like. Like you were talking about, like, I, I can smell Afghanistan, like mm-hmm. there's the dust, there's the crap. And then there's like those, those like really beautiful moments where things smell fresh and clean and, you know, crisp, like, clean, fresh air, nobody around you for miles, like flying most, through some of those passes. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, beautiful. Some of the most beautiful country you've ever been in. Um, but you know, like, like don't, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. The, the, the person that wants to preach at me, it, it's weird, but like, I, yeah, we've, I've been there and like, so, Oh, that's what I was going to say. Like I can see it from both sides. Like, do I think maybe, maybe I don't think that we should have been in Afghanistan, 
But do I think that we made a positive impact on certain people while I was there? Yeah. And do I have empathy and sympathy for those people? Not just the people that we were trying to help, but also maybe I have a lot of respect for the people that were shooting at me as well. Cause I kind of understand where they're coming from. And I respect the fact that they wanted to shoot at us knowing what the outcome was going to be more than likely. Yeah. Right. So, and our ideologies might be different, but it's, it's not, it's two sides of the same coin. Those dudes that, that, you know, got paid, you know, $20 by the Taliban to rip off an AK, you know, an AK um, magazine at some passing American forces and paid for it with their life. Like, um, man, you can dehumanize that guy as much as you want, but that, that was a human. That was a human that was put to a terrible choice for whatever reason. And whether he was a, a you know, a no kidding died in the wolf freedom fighter, um, at least in his own mind, or if he was put in some terrible position um, because of his lot in life, you can't look at that in any other way, but just sadness and, you know, sympathy and empathy. Um, there, there's no way to be an American service member. That's like, oh, I'm going to go overseas and fight and die for my country. There's no way for you to separate that from those fighters that, that we fought and in, in GWAT for that entire time. They, they're the, they're the same person. They're the, like, you know, getting to that realization is hard for some uh, because they want to hold on and be like, well, no, but we're righteous. Okay, but mm. they felt like they were righteous too. So, are you telling me that if you'd grown up in Afghanistan, you would, you know, like if I'd grown up in Afghanistan, I'm pretty sure I know, based on my like, uh, you know, personality makeup, what I would have ended up doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the <clears throat> the easiest way in those conversations is like, okay, so let's say China invades the United States of America. What do you do? I know yeah. what I do. I start, I start an insurgency. I know what that yeah. looks like. I know how to do that. That's an easy one. You don't, you don't let somebody come into your country, a sovereign country, and take your country over. Now, granted, there's a lot of nuance here, but that's the easiest way. It's the easiest thought experiment. Okay, well, what would you do? You're just going to turn your guns over to the, to the new PRC authorities and call it good and just assimilate to Chinese life here in you know, Tacoma, Washington? Get out of here. No, well, of there are leaders now. There are leaders. You have to listen to your <laughs> leaders. They're here to well, liberate us. But what if they're on TV telling you what to do? Don't you have to listen to them if they're on TV? Yo, the stuff coming out of China is crazy too. Big shout out to the Chinese uh, to Chinese protesters. I hope. Now listen, I don't. I don't hope for death. I don't hope for war. I've made that very clear a bunch of times. But what I would say is if maybe an entire country started revolting and took away their ability to be a pacing challenge to the United States of America, I would be for that. I would, I would, I would appreciate a level of freedom that China has not seen up until this point. I would appreciate that. I think that people deserve to be free. I think the COVID lockdowns need to end. I think some of their authoritarian and communism practices have to go away. And I'm glad to see the white paper revolution happening. It's one of those things, right? I don't hate the people of China. I'm not mad at like the, the regular guys in, in whatever country that shoot at me. It's, it, it just seems to be uh, this, this group of people above everybody that's causing all the, all the issues. <laughs> you know what I mean? We've covered a lot of ground. We've covered, let's see, a lot of misinformation. We've covered a lot of, uh, a lot of things that we talked about. Were we let's putting see, out the misinformation? Is that what was happening? A lot of sc- I don't know. There's, there's no way to tell anymore. You know, that's, it's really just a couple of people talking and then somebody's going to say it, it's true or it isn't. Do you, do you want to just round it out and talk about the deep state? Is that where we're going? Do we need to talk about Russia, Ukraine? No? Okay, cool. Um, so right. the deep state is the, 
the the the, the, the permanent government government class. Yeah. Well, I I used to say I used to poo poo that. Back in the day, this is the second time I said poo poo. That's number three. Uh, back in the day, when people were like, "Oh, there's a deep state," I'm like, "All right, you dork." There is no group of men and women sitting in like they don't have these meetings behind closed doors where people are like, "Man, this is this is what we're gonna do." How naive was I? There are unelected and unappointed officials and oligarchs in America that work for big tech, that work for big pharma, that work for any number of agencies that have outsized power with no term limits and influence that they should not have. If Donald Trump as president proved anything, it is that there is a coordinated effort against the mainstream narrative. You can say whatever you want about Mr. Trump, fine, but he proved that the big tech and media architecture will rally against something that they don't like and they'll be successful. And that's what the deep state is. Every organization and organism will fight for its own survival. Mm-hmm. I would say with the, the wherever you fall on the political spectrum, and this is usually where I start to agree with people, is when you start to consolidate power and money, which is synonymous, into mm-hmm. a single entity or place, that's where things get tricky. And if you look oh, yeah. at our founding documents that I swore to uphold and defend, which is why I can talk about them here without mm-hmm. naming politicians by name or anything, um, that's not the way that the country was set up. It was supposed to be decentralized command or execution, mm-hmm. right? Um, Checks and balances. All three. Yeah. yeah the, the fact that the legislature, so the Congress and Senate is supposed to write laws. They are supposed to make legislation the judicial branch is supposed to make sure that that legislation is fair and just and rule on whether the, or not the citizen should have to abide by it. And the administrative branch of the government being the president has outsized power. We, we basically outsourced all of our legislative uh, powers to the, to the administrative branch of government. That's not how it's supposed to be. Well, it's not all supposed to be at the federal level either, which is one of the, no. like when I listen to like, uh, like Joe Rogan, right. And I, I'll admit mm-hmm. it, I listen to Joe. I, I think has it become like cool to not listen to Joe Rogan now? I'm assuming it has since he's so popular. I guess so. I don't know. Yeah. But I think he has like a fundamental misunderstanding of how the country is supposed to work. And, and he's always like, well, the president is like the hardest job. Like you're in charge of the entire country. And I'm like, Joe, he's not the king. No. The federal no. government is not supposed to run every, everything about your daily life. They're not supposed to really affect the, the, the citizens directly at all that, that that's why we have states that's why it's called the united right. states of america because the states are supposed to almost run like independent countries uh working together for a common goal and the common goal is pretty you're right very limited you're right and and those state you're supposed to be able to travel in between those states why because if you don't like the way that that state is governed you get to move to a different state that's why they wrote it in that you can't be that you can't be stopped from movement your your habeas writ corpus cannot move or can't be stopped from moving from one state to another. You cannot be held in one state. If you don't like it, go move. The, the federal oversight that is happening, and, and you're dead on, was never the intent. Fun historical fact, after George Washington won the American Revolution, they wanted to make him king. So if you go to Washington, D.C., and you look at all the paintings and all of the, the things, he is presented almost as a deity, and he turned it down. He's like, nope, I'm going to retire. George Washington is the reason we have presidential term limits because famously he was like, no, I'm going to be president for this amount of time and I'm out. I'm leaving. I'm not going to be president forever. Um, 
And, and it's funny how we've lost that. Like the two party system that Alexander Hamilton through the Federalist Papers, you know, completely railed against the things that we're doing these days, completely and totally outside of, of what the documents prescribe and, and, and what we're supposed to be as a nation. And it's evident in all of the all of the upheaval over everything. We're like, oh, we need to make this federally legal. No, you don't. No, you do not. If a state doesn't want to do it, don't go to that state. Don't go live in that state. It's that easy. Yeah. And we're seeing that now. The, the, the states still have a, a certain amount of autonomy and power because you see people moving from one state to another state, whether you know they're moving from Texas to California or vice versa uh, mm-hmm. based on, on, on what's going Nobody's on. Nobody's moving but- from Texas to California. I just not wanted a to say person. it. I don't not know a single happening. person. You're trying to be fair and balanced here. I am. Nobody's moving to California. People are fleeing those states. Like California is a hellscape that's about to implode. And they have had the biggest loss of population in the history of California over the last two years because the governance there is trash. I don't hate the people of California. They have a mental health problem that's wrapped up as a homeless problem. And people are fleeing that state for places like Texas and places with better governance and you it's evident in florida too that new york uh state is bleeding population where are they going florida Florida. where do new york politicians go on vacation when they've locked their own states down shout out aoc florida you know why because they're governed better because it's closer to what you're supposed to be in america which is a free and sovereign citizen of the united states yeah yeah and, and, and if the, the federal government doesn't get involved, then the states that are poorly governed will have to face the consequences of that. So, like, if you go bankrupt, the federal mm-hmm. government is not supposed to come in and bail a state out like they have, Mm-mm. you know, over and over and over again. you got to let it fail and let them rebuild. So I just noticed we're over an hour. Like, we, we got really – we could probably keep going on. This is a whole different we podcast could. that we need to start. What this is a whole different our, one. Our conspiracy theory slash government podcast that we're going to do. I don't, I don't even know. I'll start, you know, uh, Trenton Aaron loves America. I don't know. We're, uh, Dude, that's we'll, my we'll favorite. Figure. I'm writing that down. Trenton loves <laughs> we'll have to figure it out. We got some other stuff coming for y'all that you, you don't even see yet. We got big stuff on the horizon. I, I think we're probably going to have to make this into a bunch of reels or maybe some, some smaller clips or some smaller bite-sized pieces to make it coherent. Cause we did cover a lot of ground in this one. But as always, it was a great time. I think I'm, I'm finally waking up. I'm oh, almost done with my coffee. And we start talking about like government <laughs> and I'm like, I get all excited. I just, I just finished mine as well. So thank goodness. Well, we'll say if anybody is listening. Yeah. Sorry. Shout out. At, at no, PME, when we start talking about history and government, that's when I really, I, I try real hard to not sound preachy, but mm-hmm. I, I'm really not good at it. Cause like I'll sit back in my, in my chair and we'll be like, well, we're going to start off with like where our government came from. And we're going to talk about the Magna Carta. I'm like, Oh yeah. First one, 1215. Mm-mm. And they look at me mm-hmm. like, what is wrong with you? Like, why would you know that? I'm like, cause I care about stuff. Because I love America because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a part of, it's a part of who I am. This is a funny thing too, is, you know, when I was growing up, it was really important for us to always tell people and they, they'd be like, Oh, you know, what nationality are you? Like, Oh, I'm Irish. So my, both of my grandparents, on uh, the Kilroy side, obviously. So grandma, grandpa Kilroy, shout out. So they, they obviously were like one generation out, like parents and uncles and aunts and stuff still live in, in Ireland. And I still have family in a couple of counties there. Yada, yada, man. I don't, I don't tell people that anymore. I never told my kids they were, they were Irish, but like, Oh, your grandma, grandpa, Irish, you're an American. I tell, you know, where are you from? I'm an American. Oh, well, where are your ancestors from? I don't know. Three generations ago, they were from Ireland, but it was a long time ago. They came over here because they didn't want to be Irish. You know, they wanted to have that as part of their culture, but they wanted to be an American. They wanted to assimilate to our culture and 
have the opportunities that America grants to them. And they want to be part of this, this American experiment. And that, that, that doesn't mean that you throw your nationality away. It means that you fold that in to the fabric of America. And that's the thing that you see that's a big problem now is that people bring their culture to America and then want you to assimilate to their culture. Like, that's not how it is. It's not racist. It's not xenophobic. It's not nationalist to say any of these things. It is just a fact of the matter. Do you know what I think part of the problem is? This is the part Hit that I'm, we're definitely not going to be able to release. We make it so hard to come over here and become a citizen. Like, and I, I get it that people are not supposed to cross the border illegally. But if you took all mm -hmm. the people that have jobs and are coming here for mm -hmm. the right reasons and you just gave them citizenship and you erase that, that weird illegal population that we got going on that are literally mm -hmm. just here to make their lives better. I think you'd get rid of a whole lot of that because that's what we did in right. the, what the eighties, we just granted yeah. citizenship to everybody. Um, but then you run into other problems with like a uh, minimum wage and all those other things that Milton Friedman right. warned, warned us about, but right. Well, we talk about what the government is supposed to do, right? The federal government is only supposed to do two things, protect our borders and protect the citizens of the United States of America and those borders. That's it. So you're not that far off. So all we have to do, if you secure the border and then you provided a path to citizenship for everybody that like, I'm, I'm willing to hear it. Now this gets a little bit different in 1980. We didn't have 5 million people crossing the border in a single one year period, which we did this last year. So yeah. that's an issue. Um, but providing a social, social safety net for people that have entered this country outside of that path to citizenship is not what the federal government is supposed to do. And it's surely not the state's job to do it. So I agree with you 100%. I have no problem with people, you know, come, I want people to immigrate to America. I want there to be an easier path to citizenship. All of those other really nuanced sort of arguments about, you know, a living minimum wage or, you know, how are we going to support a social safety net for these people? Those, those, Things are answered by simply going back to those documents. What is the federal government here to do? Secure the border, number one. Number two, protect the citizens of the United States of America and provide a minimum social safety net for those for those Americans. I would say that your your contention here to you know provide us provide a path to citizenship that isn't as restrictive, man, I'm in for that. Like let's let's talk about it. Let's figure out what that looks like and let's formalize it. Well well, who gains from having a large a uh, permanent illegal population. Mm -hmm. Like ask yourself that question and then you'll, mm -hmm. uh, you'll probably start finding some answers. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, All right, man. Sorry. Well, yeah, I can't wait to tell peaches that we just, we just turned the Wasted podcast an off. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. This is uh the podcast is no longer a thing. I'm glad that we got a lot of content in the bank so that we can just throw this one away. Uh, I feel like it was a good talk, though. I feel like there's going to be some good snippets. Yeah. Maybe. Hashtag Valencia. Hashtag Valencia. Dude. Oh, I can't get over how wild that is. Can't get over how wild that is. Can't get over what world we live in right now. Um, I am not a religious person, as you know. There is no other way to describe what Balenciaga is doing other than demonic. Other than, like, blatantly... I don't know. Like, I don't want to say satanic. Uh, demonic is the closest that I can get to it. Like, man, it is morally and ethically abhorrent what they're doing. Like, and that is why coming you, from a straight. Why? why do you have that giant cross tattooed on your chest? Then I don't understand. 
<laughs> I wish that was true. I'm gonna go get one. <laughs> I'm gonna go get. You know what I'm. You know what I had to get. I'm gonna go get the. You know the coexist sticker that's on every Subaru. Like you have to put it on there when you get a Subaru with you all do. of like. There's the Star of David and the cross. And the, I'm gonna get that. Just big chest piece <laughs> right across my chest. Just coexist. Just huge. It's gonna be no, so good. Uh, you know that uh, that John Bernthal movie, The Pilgrim. You ever see that one where he has that yeah. giant cross tattooed on his back? That's what you should get. Yeah, but then you have to be like Holy shredded like that, dude. Crap. Have you listened to real ones with John Bernthal? That's what I was. I don't. I'm not here to like send people away from our podcast to go listen to other people, but they should definitely mm-hmm. be checking him out because like that dude is like one of my favorite people right now. Oh my god! So uh, I listen to two two podcasts every every once in a while. You listen to a podcast, and it no kidding changed your life, right? So my friend Paul Alcobi, we're going to bring him on. So Paul hit me up, and he sent me the link to Shia LaBeouf's podcast on Real Ones, and I was like, yep. okay, I'll I'll listen. It's a two hour podcast. You say what you want. Shia LaBeouf has a troubled past. Um, he talks about all that. That podcast changed my life. He said some things in there that I thought were specific and unique to me and that no one has ever said before that that existed only in my head. He said those things out loud on that podcast. I was, I had to pause it a couple times and really just like collect myself and be like, Holy crap. The latest one that they put out that also was just as good. I'm trying to look it's Marine Raider, Nick, and I'm going to mess your your name up here, Nick. I'm sorry. Yes. Did you listen to that podcast? I haven't listened to that one yet. Bro, bro, that thing is wild, wild. I was on a plane. I downloaded it before a plane flight, one of the many plane flights that I've taken. I think it might have been going to Ohio, or maybe it was the trip before that. It blew my mind. It, it, it put me in such a space that I got off the plane, and I was walking through a dream through that airport, just thinking hey. about how heavy and how good that podcast is. I'm going to shoot my shot with, with this Nick uh, fellow. I'm going to try to pronounce his name here because it's always fun. Kuma Lot. Kumalatsos, I think. No, he's good people. Yeah. And the things that he was saying, man, like they reverberated with me in in such a way that I was just like, holy crap. It was, it was another one. Um, the real ones podcast shout out. You you don't need us. Nobody, nobody's listening to us to get free promo for you, but man, what a great podcast. Great couple episodes too. So there you go, man. We are, we are like brothers. It's weird. (laughs) We really are. (laughs) We really are. It's creepy. And that's, and it's a funny thing too. And um, I mean, we talked about everything else. We might as well like breach into religion for a long time. Like I'd been searching for a higher power or whatever else. And you know, my logical mind, I'm like, well, there's all these things that, that speak against it. I've evolved to a point now where it's, it's almost like there's too much. There's too many things that cannot possibly be a coincidence to be in your life for things to be disordered and whatever else. I don't know if I'm ready to go down the route of there is a specific thing that is involved in my life personally that acts on my behalf yet. Like, I don't think I can get there, but I'll tell you what, like the fact that you and I found each other and we match each other's energy and we've had such a good relationship. And the fact that you came into my life through all, all events, good, bad, indifferent, tragic, happy, man, to, to deny that there is not some sort of order that there is not some sort of reason when you when you talk with somebody and you're like, man, you and I just click, you cannot deny yeah. that energy. You, you can't deny the feeling of momentum. You know, if you think we talked about sports earlier, like you don't, you can't describe or quantify momentum, but you can sure as shit feel it when it's happening. You know, like when Michael Jordan was in the zone, like 
You don't know oh. what in the zone feels like, but you know what it looks like. Like you just know, man, that, yeah, that pit in your stomach when you're on target and you can feel tactical momentum slipping away from you. And you're like, we need to get out of here. This needs to be over right now. We need to leave. Yep. I, I don't know. I don't know how to tell people you, you can't train that, but where does that energy come from? Where does, when we talk about Balenciaga and we talk about how that is morally wrong, that is repugnant. We know that that is not right. Where does yep. that come from? That's a, that's a question. Well, it goes back to your values. Like, right. do you value, do you value people and do you value innocence and do you value, you know, all these other things? And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if, if you're just riding on the river of values and you, you don't have anything, then, you know, things get, get weird, but yeah, you know, wh whether there's a higher sure. power or not, like, I think people are, and I, I think this is where we, we bond a lot is people are the most important thing, you know, and, uh, mm -hmm. and, and searching for truth, which is, which is weird. Cause like people want to find truth outside of themselves. But I'm like, if mm -hmm. you don't find your truth, and this sounds so woo woo, if you don't find your own truth <laughs> within yourself, right? Like, but if like you don't figure out like why you think the way you think and why you act the way you act and, and, and figure out all your biases and all these little things to, to get to where you can, uh, most objectively view the world and figure out what you care about. Um, then, then you're just uh, subject to the, the winds of change, you know, as the mm -hmm. scorpions said. <laughs> Fantastic scorpions reference. One of the best. I just love they had the the uh the video of the Berlin Wall coming down in that video. Like I, yep. I that is an iconic video from when I was younger. I, it was late eighties, but <clears throat> I always remember that video. The winds of change. Dude, and, that uh, that video still gets me. Is that weird? Because oh, like yeah. I'm such like a nineties, eighties, nineties child that like Yeah, let's people go. don't remember what that was like. Like the world was coming together yeah. and like wars were gonna be over. Yep. Crazy, but, crazy yeah. to see where we are now. And then that damn gorilla had to die in 2016, and here we are. Fucking gorillas! I just dropped an damn. F bomb at the very oh, end. I miss you, Harambe. Yep, <laughs> it's okay. This is never going to see the light of day, uh, especially this part. Man, we talked about religion. I can't wait to text Peaches and be like, "We talked about religion. We talked about politics. We talked about uh, like you know, pedophilia, sort of." I have a theory now. It just came to me. I figure out why we had to get all this out on the table. Neither one of us had a, a, a classical Thanksgiving sit down with family members that are idiots to argue with. <laughs> That's a good point. That's so like, I, I think point. it's this time of year that you're supposed to get this stuff out. Yeah. And like, I yeah. didn't have anybody to fight with at Thanksgiving because they, you know. <laughs> You were around a bunch of like-minded people that yeah. were just there to love each other. I did. I will say that <clears throat> I, I was laughing at the memes about you know you know I get to be the conservative uncle at, at uh, Thanksgiving or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have a single political discussion. I didn't have a single back and forth. I had a really good discussion with one of my friends just about things in general. But it, it was just like he was like, yeah, I just kind of feel it. It feels weird. I feel lost. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I feel that too. And that was that was the extent of it. It was fantastic. I was the memes were hilarious. And I imagine that there were some people that got into wacky conversations, but I didn't have any of them. I was, I was fine. Dude, every Thanksgiving, we got to release this episode. <laughs> we got to, we got to get on and then talk about politics and religion and all the things that we avoid all year. Cause that's when you oh, get it man. out. Exactly. And then just get it out. We're going to put it out. It's, it's going to get demonetized right away. It'll be live on rumble. It'll be on locals. It won't be on YouTube. It might yeah. be on Twitter. We, we should get a Twitter now. Now that Twitter's not garbage, I'm going to get a, the ones ready Twitter back up and running. Let's do <laughs> Make it. Make that happen. Absolutely fantastic. All right, mm -hmm. man. I'm going to, I should have hit stop record about, uh, I don't know, 
45 minutes ago, uh, but I'm going to do it now so we get done. If you guys are still here, if you guys hear this, uh, I feel like Iron Man and the Marvel Avengers movie leaving his message for Pepper Pop. If you guys are hearing this right now, we love you. Thanks for following along. Check out onesready.com. Check out all of our partners. Hit us up on the IG. Hit us up on info at onesready. We appreciate your support through all these wacky things and listening to hour-long podcasts that really got nowhere, but covered a lot of ground. Covered Ohio Beige, though. So watch out for merch that's called Ohio Beige. Why is it all the same color? Why is all the food in Ohio the same color? Questions that we, uh, we can't answer. All right. Train hard, everybody. Later. Later.